What's going on? You're listening to the Film Drunk Frogcast. Coming at you not live from the Frog Quarters in San Francisco. We got a great crew tonight. Sitting next to me, he's uh, he was almost an NFL Hall of Famer. It's the human giant, Mr. Brendan. Hi. Hi. Uh, joining us via Skype from the from the Big Apple, Jane Harrison returns to the Frogcast. Boop, boop, be doop. That's me. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming back again, Mr. L.A. Matt. Yo, 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 what up, motherfucker? I'm here. A.K.A. Matt Lieb. A.K.A. AKA Squib. A.K.A. Matt Lieb, which is a really great, that's my favorite nickname. <laughs> yeah. From the Star Wait, Wars do I show. not get to be New York Jane? Is that that? No, you don't. Yeah. Get, you don't get uh, geographical descriptors. Wait, no, uh, she, she's NY Jane. No, because Jane is yeah. just Jane. She doesn't. Cha- she's not changeable like you are. Be sure she is. Just give her a few months in New York. All of a sudden, she'll be like, "Hey, I'm walking here," but she won't even be. <laughs> I'm walking. already. Yeah, you guys haven't listened to me talk yet. You don't know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, if you want to donate, Patreon.com/slash Frogcast. First off. Um, uh, before we get into movies, I really wanted to dis- discuss uh, Donald Trump's uh, McDonald's order. I don't know if you guys did you guys read about this. No, oh, yeah, I, I, it's I incredible. Saw, like, a headline or something, and I I decided to not look it up. Right, because it- so that's the way I was yeah, at first. Because I didn't want to read some like I didn't want to read some 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 like smart ass writer being like. Uh, can you believe he eats this many calories at McDonald's? Like, yeah, gross, exactly. blah, blah. And I'm like, exactly. fuck you. Like, McDonald's, like, uh, a chicken McNugget is delicious. I love their fry. I like McDonald's food. Fuck yeah, you. I didn't want to read really, some. I, I hate the way people talk about McDonald's like it's poor people food. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is poor people food, but also, like, uh, all you're doing putting down McDonald's when, you, when he's eating it is making everyone who eats McDonald's seem like an asshole when a lot of us are actually really good people. <laughs> right. So I didn't want to read yeah, some. That's how he won. I didn't want to read some shit like that, but then I read it and then I almost, I actually almost puked. Uh, his, his typical Big Mac order is two Big Macs. Two fillet of fish and a chocolate oh milk and a chocolate oh. milkshake. Oh Jesus Christ! Two I've never fillet eaten a fillet of fish. Say, he really is America's president, though. Oh, absolutely! Uh, fuck, two fillet of fish is the most disgusting thing. One fillet of fish—that's the one sandwich that I kind of think is disgusting. Yeah, he's absolutely. Not only what that, not only fillet of fish, fillet of fish with a chocolate milkshake. Yeah, I'm, that's. I've never Very, had a fillet of fish, mainly because of what you guys are talking about. Like, <clears throat> it just sounds disgusting. It smells like fish sticks. Like, I, you know, I got nothing against fried fish. I like fried fish, but it's like, the, I don't know. You can process a burger and it's still great. Yeah. But you process fish, it's like disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I don't trust fish from like even a like a mid level seafood restaurant, much <laughs> less. Right. On fast food restaurants. So what counts as mid-level? You better not say Red Lobster. I'm going to have to kill everyone Honestly, in New York. Like, that's... Oh, my God, Matt. All of the <laughs> no. people. I'm going to have to kill them all. <laughs> it's going to be 9-11 times 1,000. Yeah, 9-11 times 9-11. The, the, thing, the reason it's gross is, like, you can leave uh, beef out in, in the kitchen... And you can leave beef out for a while, and it doesn't get that gross. Like you, you could have beef in your fridge for two, three, four days. It's still fine. 
You leave fish in there like more than a day, it's fucking gross. Yeah. Oh shit. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna, <laughs> what? I'm did, be re- <laughs> did you did you drop your monocle in your rubber butt? No, no, my monocle's fine. Uh, I'm gonna be real with you guys though. I am now the proud over- owner of a PS4, and I am playing Call of Duty on the internet. <laughs> Could you not? Is that what you're gonna it's gonna affect your Is Skype that what connection. You're gonna tell us? No. no, first of all, how's my Skype connection? Sounds amazing. That's what I thought. Second of all, I'm having fun. And third of all, have you heard of Twitch? This is kind of like Twitch. <laughs> Do you know how much I had to edit you last time you were playing video games during the show? Because you just oh, kept rambling. Well, you know, that's funny you say that because uh, I... I Because uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on one <laughs> second. Let me finish this. this. What did you say? <laughs> I'm so mad because I'm just like staring at a wall in my like fucking tiny bedroom in New York and Matt is playing PS4 at his parents' house I'm guessing. Yeah. First of all, you don't know where I live. Second of all, you don't even know where my parents' house is. Third of all, can you hold on a second? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> because of you I just get shot in the fucking head by getting murked by teens. Well, you- you shot me in the heart by disrespecting the podcast, Matt. Yeah. I'm not disrespecting the podcast. I'm adding a new dimension to it because uh-huh. Twitch is very popular, and That's... this is basically fuck Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing I should play skee ball while this happens. Yeah, you Ski should go to Coney Island. Um, <laughs> the other thing was uh, so the like they they said the order in Corey Lewandowski's book, which is. Kind of gross because I don't want anybody that helped Trump get elected to be able to cash out and write a book. But so he was on a show and he's like, "Oh, it's very important to to note that he never ate the bread." And I'm like, "The bread? Yeah. What? The, the whole fucking point of a Big Mac That's is it's got part. it's got three buns. That's what makes a Big Mac a Big wait, Mac." Wait, 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 wait. He didn't eat the bread of the sandwiches. The Big Mac. <laughs> he didn't eat the buns. The fish? He didn't eat the buns. That's what he said. Dude, I've never related so much to someone who eats McDonald's. <laughs> like, like, like. I remember myself as a kid being like, I don't know why there's all this bullshit bread and everything. I, all I want is a giant chicken nugget. So I'm going to order a McChicken and take the bread out and just dip it in barbecue sauce. Yeah, and but I that's, feel like- that's different because it's a, a McChicken. This is a Big Mac. A Big Mac is defined by the buns. Yeah. That's disgusting. Plus, there's like cheese and lettuce and pickles. Like, are you trying to tell me he like shovels that onto the bun, like, <laughs> yeah, or onto the onto the patty? Like, I don't buy this for one minute. You guys to make me hungry. I suppose you could eat a fillet of fish like a square fish stick. Sure. Does it have cheese on it? I don't know. You can get it with cheese on it. You can do pretty much anything at McDonald's. Yeah. I feel like if you were. I feel like he, as a personality, would be the kind of person who would order it without the bun because he's like, this is who I am. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around him sitting there taking the bread off instead of just being like, I want just a filet with the cheese on it. Like, I don't like my roommate from uh, San Francisco would order like a, a, a grilled cheese from uh, In-N-Out with no bread so it was just like cheese what? and a lettuce and a tomato oh that's, like that's interesting. like wrapped in the like tomato that's a boss move yeah it was just lettuce and a cheese and a tomato so it's a grill- it was like yeah. a boss move is a grilled cheese protein style yeah grilled cheese yeah. protein style that's still weird i don't know man yeah but there's no way trump does that 
We're talking about Donald well, yeah, Trump. Yeah, but that's why a, a really strong person would. A really strong person would be like, just give me the Big Mac, no bread, instead uh, of like taking the bread off. I don't know. If, I, can't, I can't think of that as a strong, a strong person move. Because first of all, when you get a, uh, a you, when you get protein style at In and Out, they take a big piece of lettuce and they wrap it up so it's like a lettuce cup. You got something to hold, but like McDonald's right. uses shredded iceberg. You ain't gonna be holding no buns with a, with shredded iceberg. Do you think? I'm just saying I would respect him more. Sure. Does, oh yeah. Does he use a fork and knife? I mean, he has to, right? I don't know how else you would. I mean, listen, I, I could. I could see him just like shoveling it in his mouth using his grubby little fingers, but yeah, like using the wrapping as some kind of like gyro holder to like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Not even. I'm just talking about straight up going like Ethiopian style on it and just like digging in, (laughs) Uh just like I don't know. No, but Ethiopian is defined by bread too. You can't have Ethiopian without injera. Without bread, yeah. But the the point of it is, is that um, can I get this? Uh, can I get this with this sabzi with uh, with no 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 bread, please? They kick you right out of there. I don't know, man. One time I went to an Ethiopian place and and uh, they gave me like a fork and a spoon and stuff, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> cool. That was a great story, I, Matt. They just looked at you and they're like, "That Jew is going to be a fork of a spoon." I think so, and and I really appreciated it because I'm, you know, I personally, I think. Forks and spoons are dope, sure, but that's just sure. me. That's just me. Was it on Guys, Christmas? That's the joy of Ethiopian no utensils. Can I just say right now, uh, my uh, kill to death ratio is fucking just amazing. So, can you stop? Like, can you please? Can you please I'm stop? Not, I'm not. This you, isn't even a bit. Like I want you to stop. <laughs> I I have stopped. I'm not going to play anymore because I Good. I want I want to pay attention. I don't want to ramble. I you know all. Uh, <laughs> Also, still there's the no reason for you to have. What? There's no reason for you to have more fun than us. So we need well, you present, man. Like we're all, dude, we're I, all lifting, our, we're all carrying dude, our weight over here. I, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm lifting a lot of weight right now. Right now, <laughs> I just killed two Nazis in a row. And no, no, Matt, no, no, I'm done. I'm Matt, done. I'm done. I, I logged Matt, off. I logged I am, off. I'm sitting pantsless in my own bed. I am putting the work in. So you better yeah. do. Okay. Okay. I've logged off. I am now. Uh, I'm now just a person on a podcast talking about you know McDonald's or whatever could, the fuck. Could the way I just said yeah could that be construed as sexual misconduct? Am I gonna get? Am I gonna get Franken from this podcast? Vince, don't even start with me. <laughs> I'm not. Don't even start. I wouldn't. I would never. I would never ask you to be the surrogate mother of my children like that one. Uh, one. I don't even know if does that even count as sexual harassment if you asked. Like your underling to be to your be surrogate. a vessel for your, your children. <laughs> yeah, that's like a Handmaid's Tale textbook sexual harassment. What if he did it like in writing and it was just like, all right, well you can. I mean, he, he that's he, worse. He did it in like a non-leering way, like a very non-sexual way, like you know, maybe. You oh, want... non-sexual! I want you to carry my children. What if yeah, he like, just what if gave her bag? some Tupperware and a medicine dropper? Oh. So it was not sexual. That's like a div. That's I like. That's like a different version of Matt Lauer. Uh-huh. Instead of the sex toy that he gives you for Christmas and tells you how he wants to use it, he just gives you like the uh, the the turkey baster. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, what I would like you to bear my seed. Yeah, you guys I, know that my this whole whenever we touch this t- concept, I'm just gonna be like the whole time, right? <laughs> that's you fair. know that's what's sure. Okay, sure. Um, 
if you See, had this is why I choose to play games because you know what because it's not worth it it's not worth it's not worth it that's it's right not worth it that's right um if you had uh Brian singer in your sexual misconduct pool uh-huh I feel like that he's done he's that that came I don't does it count as coming up today because he's been um He's been. There's been stories. There's been the a for lot of stories. Years, yeah. years and years and years. So like, he, he like thought, twenty I years. The same thing about Andy Dick. <clears throat> right, but that was different. Andy Dick was like, uh, like an insane person. Yeah, yeah. Who people keep hiring for some reason, even though he's really not that entertaining. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's kind of funny. He's yeah, but not what, funny enough to keep getting hired for the shit he does. Yeah, the thing he about really doesn't is, get hired much. I don't think. Uh, I mean, he still gets hired, though. He's still, he will work consistently forever because he's like, he's branded himself as a creep so he can keep being a creep, which is really annoying because, uh, you know, uh, I feel like he's less of a creep than, or more of a creep than like Al Franken, and Al Franken's going to have to leave. Not that, you know, I'm defending Al Franken, but at the same time, I'm defending Al Franken. Sure. Yeah. You, you, I get it. What, what what were the things Al Franken did? He he uh, he took those pictures and 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 did the kiss thing, and then he touched someone's butt as well. Yeah, he did a, apparently he did a lot of butt squeezing during photo ops. That seems to be his mo. He also did a couple forcible forceful kisses, which is way less than the president, but whatever. Yeah, wait, uh, a couple of forceful. So, uh, was there anything new since the forceful kisses thing? No, I, which he never. There was a new forcible kiss today. Which he never admitted. I don't know if that counts, but he he did not he denied those. And normally I wouldn't put credence in that, but in the same week as like the James O'Keefe like actually paying people to uh, feign rape, I'm like I don't I don't know, man. You're uh... yeah. My but new that... thing is burn it all, high standard. Fuck all of you. <laughs> but but if you fuck up, you're done. I don't give a shit anymore. Your yeah, pop culture isn't worth it. Kill Dustin Hoffman. I have no qualms. <laughs> Well, first of all, Dustin Hoffman is a treasure, a national <laughs> treasure. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, literally wait, something James, gets broken in me. The the, the James O'Keefe thing uh, kind of proved to me that he uh, that you know the newspapers are doing their due diligence on these stories and making sure that you know they're not reporting every time. One of these things is reported in a paper. I pretty much am like, yep, that's, that's sure. you know, that's that's real. What's the that's, James O'Keefe thing? He was the guy who uh, he's part of. Like, what is it? Some fucking like group <clears throat> Project thing. Veritas. Like, he's the guy who I took. Just, <clears throat> he's the guy who took oh, down yeah, Acorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys! My favorite part of that is that the girl <laughs> got caught because she had a GoFundMe for her to get a job in New York, and right. that yeah. kind of like take down the mainstream media. Up. It's like everybody needs to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Unless yeah. I use a GoFundMe <laughs> to get a job. Yeah, I feel, uh, well, GoFundMe you, you can't use Kickstarter if you want to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> GoFundMe is the new bootstrap. Like that's uh, that I think that right. is officially considered bootstrapping now. It's like no. We don't want to have uh, universal health care, but you can definitely set up a GoFundMe like if Oof. something bad happens, and then you can be on um, uh, Undercover Boss, you know? 
It's, it's you got, yeah. I, it was also can, just the Washington Post dragging anybody was like so fun for them to be like uh, they tried to get us, but it didn't work. It <laughs> really it was hilarious. so good. She was so horrible <laughs> at doing yeah. what she was supposed to do, she, and James O'Keefe is such a dope. Oh, so good. She did the yeah. thing. They're the like two, the two edited videos of like him being like, "This is what happens when the reporter is trying to interview me. Who's on the and like the the original." Yeah, the, the original. You're just watching him be fucking destroyed. Yeah, and then and then like <laughs> then he's like, "Oh, check out this video of uh, the Washington Post," and he, this guy admits how biased they are. And the guy's like, uh, "So the news is reported, and you have to like get sources to verify." <laughs> but then there's opinion pages. And then you can just uh-huh. write whatever your opinion is. And then he's like, right. see, like, here it is. Biased journalism. <laughs> Admits to fake news. Um, yeah. My favorite part of that story was when they confronted her about the uh, GoFundMe page. And they're, and they're like, oh, so did you uh, interview with any of those uh, right-wing news organizations? And she's like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the, the Daily Caller. And they're like, oh, who, the did you, who did you interview uh, with at the Daily Caller? And she's like, uh, uh, Kathy, uh, uh Kathy and they're like Kathy and she's like uh, Johnson Kathy Johnson it actually reminded me this is kind of a deep cut the most legit sounding HR name of all time yeah a long time ago there was that show Joe Millionaire oh yeah I love Joe Millionaire (laughs) and he had his like cover name right and then like in the first episode uh, someone asked him his middle name and he's like uh, 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 and like cuts to the commercial <laughs> and like the music's all you know like and then you know it comes back from commercial replays it and it's like so what's your middle name it's like bomb bomb and he's like uh, uh, Scott <laughs> you fucking idiot oh Joe Millionaire I missed Joe that one Millionaire uh, they actually had the um the noises of him getting filleted, like in subtitles. Do you remember that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They snuck Whoa. off in the oh, bushes. Oh, yeah, in the bushes. Yeah. Slurp, slurp. Yeah. Oh, slurp, I remember that. slurp, slurp. I remember the slurp, slurp gate. So, yeah. what I learned when I, I when I interned at uh, the real world is that if you're on a reality show and you're trying to fuck, um, it's best not to do it with the covers on you. Because if you do it with the covers on you, you're going to get the like slurp, slurp subtitles and they're just going to show the whole thing. Whereas yeah. uh, I think it was glug glug glug. That's what I would have. Written. I think it was like that, lum lum lum. It was lum, one of the. Lum, lum. It was one of the dudes on Real World San Diego. He brought a girl home. Clit sucking. And he just and they were just like and all. He was the really broy guy. Yeah, the really broy guy. The lights are all on in the room and there's always cameras on. But so instead of like trying to hide it, they were just he was just like fucking, <laughs> fucking her uh, with her legs uh, pushed back behind her ears like on top of all the covers. So it was basically like watching a porno. Um, but of course they couldn't show it because like even if you put a black box over it, her legs are gonna be like sticking out of the box and like there's gonna be a lot of thrusting. It'd still be way too obscene to ever show on TV. So I was like, oh, this guy's kind of a genius. Isn't it also like you can fuck in the bathroom because they can't legally film you in the bathroom or something? Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's the yeah. only door with a lock, right? Yeah, it's the, they don't have cameras in the bathroom. Cameras in the bathroom. It's very considerate shit. of them. Cameras in the bathroom. Do they still make that show? Um, I don't know. I haven't watched MTV in a good five years. Yeah. No, they've got a, a Florabama shore now, which uh, if I wanted to talk to uh, or watch drunk girls from the South talk, I would go back home. Florabama shore. So it's like Florida, Alabama shore. Yeah, Matt. Good yeah. job. Wow. You really parsed that one. Good job, man. Yeah, I figured it out. I figured it out. <laughs> so 
Jane. So, I just see those posters and I'm like, oh, that's like every girl I went to high school with that ended up at UGA that I don't want to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the hot ones. <laughs> were, were they hot? I was guessing they're hot. <laughs> so hot. I don't know if you think getting married by 23 is hot, probably. I mean, pretty. it's pretty hot. That's like, hot, milf, hot, milf. That's like young MILF hot, then. <laughs> um, so, Jane, tell us about New York. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you love it yet? It's so diverse. Um, honestly, I'm very tired. <laughs> oh, I'm still eating chips. Do you, you're, uh, very, you're tired because of jet lag still? Yeah. No, it's just like, a, it's a lot. It's really busy. It is I a like lot. I like Chicago. Where do, which uh, part of the I'm city tired. do you live in? I live in Crown Heights right now. And then uh, oh, next month fancy. I'm moving in with famed comedian Shane Torres. Oh, yeah. I know Shane. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun time. I'm going to get a cat. Where My you, life's going to get better. Where's that going to be? In bed Oh. Brooklyn, baby. So what's the what's the comedy scene like? Have you uh, do you have to tailor your material? Do you have to talk, you know, less about uh, In and Out Burger and California burritos when you're over there? Yeah, I've had to cut like my whole like six minutes on the Santa Ana wins. And uh, <laughs> she's got some great new material on Gabagool, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a lot of Gabagool material. I got a lot of like uh, stuff about Staten Island, like oh fuck it, uh, you know that kind of thing. That's cool. Well, you know that you know how like sometimes you walk in there and some in the yeah. cab they pull right up to your knees. And I'm like, hey, what? Were you in town? Did you hear my set? Because that's on the. You know exactly sometimes when you're trying it. to grab your crotch and you got a pizza pie in one hand, you gotta fold it. You gotta fold the pie. Honestly, I'm tired and I'm just doing going, like Vince. 10 minutes. Hey, this you, 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 you walk in along routine. and you see two buildings and you're like, I'm going to bring them down. Let's <laughs> <laughs> don't you bring them down when they're not near New York. Okay, yeah. here is a fun, fun fact, man. And nobody <laughs> says you bring, nobody <laughs> believes that you brought down the buildings. It's <laughs> like, no, I brought down those buildings. What's going on here? This Feels like well, it's really... What's all this Building 7 controlled you know, demolition this, thing? This, this might be a surprise to uh, the West Coast, but uh, uh, ironic 9-11 jokes don't fly so well here. Hey, they don't fly. <laughs> they fly right into the side of the building. <laughs> yeah. I tried it the first time I visited. I was like, I flew it. I came for my job interview on 9-11, and I was like talking about being nervous on a plane flying mm-hmm. into New York on 9-11. Oh, boy, yeah. And, and people were like, oh, like and they really were not on board. And I was like, uh-oh, I thought that this would be fun, but it's not as funny when you lived, when you were here. When well, it they, they were on board, but then uh, the plane hit uh-huh. the uh-huh. <laughs> They were incinerated. All right. They were on board, yeah. and then someone said not to show up to work that day. I think it was George Soros. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Never trust a man Matt, in a ten dollar hat. <laughs> Matt, Matt, how was your uh, how was your Saint Barth uh, uh, vacation? Oh yeah, we didn't talk about Saint Barth's Matt. Is it? Did you go there? Was this like conflict tourism? What is conflict tourism? Like when you go to a place that's been recently decimated by a oh, a, like Naomi Klein shit. Does she, does she do that? Does she do that? Uh, oh, I the shock she... doctrine. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, like that. 
no, actually, so it, as it turns out, the island uh, is uh, mostly, I think, rich people. Mm-hmm. So the, their airport was figured out. I mean, pretty much the only shit that was fucked up is like a lot of the... Uh, what do you call it? The servants' quarters. Pa- the palm trees kind of look kind of funky, but it was fine. Meanwhile, Jane, our, Jane our, stop our, this. <laughs> meanwhile, our, our layover in Saint Martin, Saint Martin is still fucked up, and so uh, I kind of felt like uh, you know Saint Bart's really should probably help out Saint Martin, but they don't feel the same. So no, it was beautiful, you guys. It Matt, was, it was, I- I don't know if I can like you if you're going to be going on uh, nice vacations. Like, when I think of Matt Lieb, I want to think... Like, I need you to be, like, getting choked out. Doing heroin in a gutter. Yeah, getting choked out in a minivan. uh, Listen. Sleeping in a mattress on the floor. I'm an adult now. And (laughs) as an adult who has a PS4, I (laughs) have decided that I want to do... I want to do little bougie shit, dude. I want to. I want to go on island vacations. I want to. I want to eat salads. You know. (laughs) I want to have uh, uh, exotic fish. I want to. Matt, can I come next time? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, (laughs) depends. Yeah. uh, uh. (laughs) I mean, yeah. uh, Well, I I, listen. (laughs) You could totally. You could. I like. You know. (laughs) <laughs> but it was a really good time. I, I, I really, I, me, me and the girlfriend had a lot of fun, or uh, not the girl, uh, secret lover. Um, mm. and, uh, Is that what you're and, calling her now? Yeah, me and my secret lover had a really good time, and I really deal with that, Matt. Why is it secret? It's not really secret. It's just funny to say secret lover. Um, it was secret for a while. Uh, yeah, I think because... your guys' Instagrams are public. Yeah, no, yes, it's not being secret. But here's the thing: two coworkers can go out to an island vacation together. It doesn't mean they're in love. <laughs> you know, right? if you had invited her on that and she'd said no, you could be your career would be ruined. Well, I think it's the other way around. I'm the one being being molested. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Then. I work that's for her. Fine. No one's gonna get convicted of, of of harassing Matt Lieb. Yeah, no, it's really hard to. They unless, find out uh, about the past with all the with all the butt eating and the and the silicone butt. Yeah. They'd be like, no, uh, he's not a credible witness. I'm not. I mean, this thing is, is like, yeah, I'm totally. I, I, I listen. I have my Me Too story, and <laughs> true, uh, yeah. and, and you know, it's very. That, I think that's why my Me Too story is so annoying to me is because it's really really hard to uh, treat me as a sexual object and me not like it. I was so, pretty impressed uh-huh. that uh, someone, one of the Frogcast emailers, like, like we didn't give any identifying details and someone knew who exactly who it was, which is Guessed weird. Exactly. Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. Yeah, but that's, anyways, point is, is that I uh, had a great time on the island and, you know, someday, uh, oh, uh, I might go again. And Jane, if you like, yeah, I had a really good time. <laughs> Matt, you're still playing video games, aren't you? <laughs> no. no I'm not. Yeah, you are. Matt, look. Why, why does it sound like I'm playing video games? I'm not. I'm really just sitting back here. Just sometimes my brain works in different ways. You know? Sure, sure, sure. Um, do you guys sure. want to talk about Jim and Andy? Or I actually brought some content this time. It's, pro- it's probably pretty bad content, but. I came Content. up. I came up with some alternate titles for uh, for your year end 
movie, uh, your holiday movie guide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to do a holiday movie guide because uh, there's a lot of movies. It's it's hard to remember. There are a lot of movies. What all the titles are. They usually give them a title that's that doesn't reflect the plot. Like the worst one is uh, Will Smith is in a movie where apparently there's like orcs and elves and uh, and there's Ugh. some sort of some sort of District Nine type situation and uh, and the movie is just called Bright. They just gave it a vague. Vague adjective is a, as, a, as a title. That, is that like his that last name? name. Like, it's a bad... I don't know. Yeah, He's like Jim J. Bright. He doesn't take any guff from orcs. <laughs> even if, oh, even if that was... Oh, man. I hope his name is Bright. I, I watched the movie Lion on the plane. Yeah. And, uh, oh, boy, did I spend the whole movie going, who the fuck is Lion? <laughs> and then at the end... You find out that his it's name Hillary is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> you find out that he was uh, lying just, the whole time? Yeah, he was lying just, the whole time. I just watched The Shape of Water yesterday, and I was like, at the end, there's a voiceover that's like so close to saying The Shape of Water, and it does it, and I was like, oh, yeah. man. So that's The Shape of Water's on here. Uh, my alternate oh. title for The Shape of Water is uh, Free Willy with Seahorses and Fucking. It's, right. just, it's just Free Willy. It's that, that was fuck the movie. Fuck Willy. It's Fuck Willy. Except there's a seahorse man and she fucks him. Or so Suck that, Willy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, suck Willy. Call Me By Your Name. I don't know if you guys have seen Call Me By Your Name. No. Uh, that one is uh, Art House uh-huh. American Pie. Some I was. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he fucks a peach in it. It's called Art House American Pie. Alternate title. Wait, 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 wait. 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 How does he <laughs> fuck wait, a peach? Back, you have to go back on that. Go back. Go back. Go back. How? What do you want to, what do you want to know? Well, there's a pit. Wait, does he like slice it in half, or is it like there's what a pit in it? So that's the other thing. He sort of jams his thumb in it, and he takes the pit out, and then he fucks it. Oh, all right. Well, all right. That sounds okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of hard to remove a peach pit from a peach without fucking the whole peach up. How well, long is that? Well, it's thing? a movie, Vince. You have sure, to, sure. you know, suspend disbelief. Yeah. Vince, can we talk about one of my favorite things currently, which is where there's like a strange sex scene in the movie and how reviewers have to write around it. Yeah, like I've been reading the the like Shape of Water reviews, and they're like, I won't tell you what it is, but there is uh, some guy. You're like, they fuck, don't they? They fuck. Like it's so clear. It's like, yeah, obviously. Can we, something in it. can we talk about the shape of water briefly? Because I didn't think I was going to have anyone yes, to please. talk about this with, and now you're here. What did you think of it? Um, I really, really liked it. Ugh. I thought it's so thorough. I really liked because it's like uh, Del Toro puts so much like detail into everything, and like the way everything ties together. So right. Just the fact that like the cat's names are like. Um, are uh different gods greek gods mm-hmm. and there's this whole like kind of god theme running through it and, but, like, what, but then what is it was, what is the god theme like about, so like the seahorse guy is a god then yeah but that was kind of the point of it is like he's like a mystical thing that's further than like uh the bad american guys uh, what if god was Americans, a seahorse man man what if you could fuck him yeah, yeah it's great um, I, I, like, I, also, I like to I find, like, I, I'm just, it's weird to me that, well, I know why everybody loves it because Guillermo del Toro uh, makes film critics think he's their best friend, so they give him really good reviews. But he's like super thorough, and I like that about him. But he also does this weird thing where he takes like a really awesome premise and then he turns it, everything into like this really drawn out love story, like between two shut ins. 
Yeah, but I like that because I'm a shut-in. Fair. And I like love stories. And I, wish I was very would've... depressed yesterday when I went to see it. So. Okay. I just wish you would have fucked the like, seahorse I man. I cry about love. I wish you would have fucked the seahorse man like 30 minutes sooner because I started out and I was like, oh man, is she going to fuck the seahorse dude? And then two hours later, she like fucked the seahorse dude. And I was like, all right, cool. See, that's funny because I wanted it to be, I wanted more time between when she found him and when she realized she loved it. It was literally like four minutes of a montage of her hanging out with him in the lab when she was like up against it, like, you're the best thing I've ever found. Like I'm so you know, confused. Like I was just going to say, I have no fucking idea what this movie is about. I'm like, so she's a, the, the main you're character. Making it up, you're making it up as you go along. The main character is a janitor in like a government lab in Baltimore in the 60s. And this government is, it's basically like E.T. meets Free Willy kind of thing. The oh, government. Right. It's, it's the monster from the Black Lagoon, but he's like sweet, and yeah. the girl falls in love with him. Yeah, there's a magical seahorse man that the government is holding in in a holding tank, and she fucks, and, the, and he fucks. Oh, they fuck. Does the seahorse man get pregnant? That. No, no. <laughs> what, Brennan? Does the seahorse man get pregnant? Because that's how it works. Yeah, that's, that's how, how it works. works. Yeah, have you ever seen oh, a seahorse ejaculate? There, there's a crazy. spoiler, huh? They transfer that's the eggs. A little, eggs, little yeah. bit of biology humor for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marine yeah. biology. It sounded humor. real. No, they all they went silent when you said that. I think that was a spoiler. Yeah. He does get pregnant, huh? Okay. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, hey. Do, do hey. water polo players ride seahorses? See, <laughs> because... <laughs> I want you all to die. Oh, they're, they're, they're horses, you see. There's a movie called Man. Enemy Mine with uh, Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. Uh-huh. And Dennis Quaid Lewis is Gossett like a spaceman, Jr. and Louis Gossett Jr. is an alien. Anyone call him Louis? Uh, yeah, lots of people call him Louis. What, what else would you call him? Lou Gossett. <clears throat> Lou. I oh, it was okay. just Lou. It's Lou Gossett. And uh, and then it turns out that Lou Gossett Jr.'s alien species, uh, the males give birth. So, oh. so like he's like marooned <laughs> on a planet. Dennis Quaid is marooned on a planet. Meets uh, Louis Gossett Jr.'s character, who's also marooned on the planet. Uh, and again. then, and then he has a kid. Oh, and, nice. and then Dennis Quaid has to help raise the alien baby. Fuck the ki- oh, okay, no, no, yeah. he, they don't. Wait, fuck. what oh, is yeah. this movie? I have to see. This is insane. It's called Enemy Mine. Enemy Mine. Yeah. Okay. All right. I but, feel like Vince, you guys are making you? up movies. It yeah, go ahead. Like it, Vince. So I had like a little bit of the like, because I didn't quite believe the love story. Like I was fine with raw animal magnetism, sexuality thing. Yeah. But at some point she was like, she goes into the scene where she's like, you'll never know how much I love you. And he's like sitting there eating eggs being like, bah, bah. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it felt like someone, <laughs> it felt like someone oh, God, telling a bird they were in love with them. And yeah. it kind of like brought me out of the, the like idea that they had found soulmates in right. each other. And said, she just like found a creature that she could fuck. And then she's like, I love you. And it was like, bah. yeah, it was, uh, it was odd. And I will say not entirely in a good way. I don't know. No, it was all right. Yeah, it was a little on the line uh, as far as like bestiality versus like humanity. Also, like she's kind of, she kind of felt like Guillermo del Toro being like, "What if we could fuck our pets?" And you're like, (laughs) "Okay, Guillermo del Toro." And it's like, of course she understands animals. She's a mute, and you're like, "Uh, "All right, nah." Boop. I'm um, trying to remember. Sure I saw the trailer. One. Who was the the other lead? It's like Michael Shannon or some shit. Richard Jenkins. Oh, Michael Shannon's the bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, so my other titles, well, my other alternate title for Call Me By Your Name was When Gay Happens to Rich. You guys haven't seen that, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, the darkest, I love these jokes that, that you've written to just throw at us. To myself. I've written about. to myself. Uh, the Darkest like, Hour. these clever things I did. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just if you need to tell your family what it's about, you can use my alternate titles. I like okay. that. Yeah. Uh, the Darkest Hour. Uh, that's that's uh, aka the Iron Lady two Dunkirk. That's nice. that's where Gary Oldman plays Winston Churchill. Uh, Dunkirk, all mumbling on the Western Front. Um, oh, that's pretty good. Hey, See, hey, See, that, that's a pun and everything. I like it. Yeah. Well, not a pun. It's a a ghost- play on. Yeah, all right. Words. I'm done. You guys don't need to hear the rest of these. No, keep going, dude. No, keep going. I, no, no, keep going. All right, all right, keep all right. going. A ghost story. Uh, A.K.A. Rooney Mara eats the whole pie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that because of the context. Yeah, yeah. I, Tanya, pretty people slumming. Oh, yeah. did you see that? I did, yeah. Is it good? It's all right. It's decent. It's it, The sad thing is I think I think um, Margaret Robbie might win an Oscar for it, and she does a really good acting job, and like the biggest, pretty much the only drawback to her performance is the fact that she's Margot Robbie and she's playing Tanya Harding, and that's like the most on the nose Oscar bait. Like, the, uh, there's nothing that Oscars love more than like a really glamorous movie star playing like a tacky person. Mm-hmm. They fucking love sure. that. Jane, what are you doing? Are you just like she is? She cannot stop. She has popped. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's true. I'll stop right now. I didn't know. I've been covering it, but I didn't know if it was. You know, if you place if you place the chip in your mouth and let your saliva turn into mush, it won't crunch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you Sorry know what? To all the listeners, I do that with crunching. Cheetos, and people think it's gross, and I don't care. It makes them taste better. You just like suck on Wait, Cheetos, okay. yeah, like a suck, lozenge. Suck on them have, until they dissolve. Wait, puffs? Do you have one puffs for or of thread? Both. Say what? Jane. Do you have one for Phantom Thread. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't. I don't know. I actually don't. I have no idea what it's about, other than it's got uh, DDL. What about the Disaster Artist? I don't have a clever one for that. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, it's, a, dude, it's about I, it's about Tommy Wiseau. I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm so excited. I have to see it with my secret girlfriend though. Yeah, you should. Uh, do you guys want to talk about uh, Jim and Andy? Dude, born ready. I watched the movie last night, and I'll tell you right now, uh, Jim Carrey is fucking terrible. <laughs> a fucking and- lunatic. Um, yeah. We got to- uh, it's just, it's really obvious he's been doing a lot of therapy the last few years. <laughs> right. Like, oh, yeah. too much therapy. Yeah, too like, much there's, therapy. There's, yeah. I mean, I, I, there was some shit he said that was profound, and, and I appreciate profundity, but it's one of those things where I'm just like, you can't you can't shove too much of that shit into one thing or else you kind of go like, all right, dude, I get it. You tried LSD and now you're on forever. <laughs> so for Jane, who I don't, guys- I don't think has watched it yet, I'm going to contextualize this. This is the intro of the movie where Jim Carrey basically explains how he wasn't uh, Jim Carrey anymore, that Andy Kaufman you know, took over his body. And uh, yeah, here you go. Initially, when I heard I had the part, I was sitting in Malibu looking at the ocean and thinking, where would Andy be? What would he be doing? Andy Kaufman cared less about making his audience laugh than... He's probably in the ground getting eaten by worms, but... By the way, the the only way that this could have started more insufferably if he was like... 
I was in Malibu going north on the Pacific Highway <laughs> right after the La Cienega exit. Right. Three <laughs> houses down from the Zanku chicken. <laughs> I made a left on Melrose and I went past the in and out <laughs> It's just the fucking Californian sketch. Keeping them confused. WrestleMania! I bet he would be doing something like trying to communicate telepathically. <laughs> That's so perfect. It's like, I wonder what Andy's what? doing right now. I bet he's trying to communicate with me personally. <laughs> that idea just came to me. <laughs> and maybe I went too far. I don't know. That's what most people were telling me. Immediately, like 30 dolphins came to the surface. <laughs> Who's counting the fucking dolphins, by the way? Okay. Also, this is like how my mom talks. Is my mom's like, you know, the uh, the dolphins knew we were there, and they just showed up as soon as we got to the beach. And I like that literally is what my mom says all the time. And it's not when she's trying to channel Andy Kaufman, which is so funny to me. Wait, did she mention the part about uh, him being uh, her being possessed by the ghost of a dead alternative comic? No, but that's what's funny to me. If I, it's, it's like it doesn't have anything to do with alternative comics. It's like what your hippie mom would say when she's like, "We went to the beach, and then the dolphins like it was like they knew we were there." You know? <laughs> yeah, it's we, like yeah. Well, they are sentient beings. It's like when you <laughs> yeah. pre- when you're really stoned and you pretend everything is you. Like, oh, dude, I wonder right. what the traffic light is thinking right now. Well, <clears throat> it's I think that's a problem that a lot of actors have. Or right. I think it's just like one like if if you really want to be an actor you're probably wired a little bit like that but then if you spend enough time in hollywood around the rest of those weirdos and you get enough in your own like hollywood bubble you like mean hollywood <clears throat> yeah uh because all i can think about when jim carrey was going off on those really strange tangents was um before a lot of the scientology stuff bubbled up there's an actor named jason beggy b-e-g-h-e and you know him like if you saw his face you're like oh he's one of he's a that guy you know he's like total character Jason actor. Biggs uh, no Jason Beggy <laughs> he's, he's, his dick in a pot. he's got kind of a raspy voice and he was like one of the first celebrities that came out about Scientology and he released this like hour long video on YouTube and I was like cool this is gonna be really interesting this is before like a lot of those big exposés came out and I watched it and it was fucking unwatchable because he just like every every time he's like, let me explain to you how this Church of Scientology works. I was driving down Pico right off the Manchester exit. And like, yeah. Is there some kind of like, is there some kind of storytelling workshop that they have in uh in, in LA, LA for Scientologists, where it's like, okay, you have to ground yourself in location. So it's just <laughs> help cross street. Yeah, yeah. It could be like that's a very writer thing. Like I can't tell you how many times I was in uh, like writers' workshop, and someone is just setting the scene with like a half a page of like the weather. There's always like the weather. Like you, like you are supposed to sort of set a scene with environment, but like a lot of writers go way overboard where they're like, and then the sky was a dark purple as the, as the, as the, as the, as the orange leaves <laughs> fell like to the ground. I like you trying to write off the top of your head. <laughs> yeah, not, not good That's off top. That's why he's not a slam poet. That's why I write and I'm not a slam poet. That's exactly right. <laughs> So I thought, well, maybe I'm on the right track. So I decided from then for the next few days to speak telepathically to people. (laughs) It was absurd. 
It was completely absurd, but somehow it worked. But you, you're a That's the moment when Andy Kaufman showed up, tapped me on the shoulder and said, sit down. I'll be doing my movie. Oh, <laughs> the best part is, is he, God. he he has this like big mystical explanation of how oh it wasn't even me, and he talks he talks about Andy and he talks about uh, whatever the other guy's name, what's his name, um, Tony Clifton, Tony Clifton, and he oh, talks yeah. about him in the third person, even though it's him acting those people. And then you watch the clips, and there's a lot of them where you're like, he's not even doing a great Andy Kaufman impression right now. No. He's still oh. like very much Jim Carrey. He's like doing like the really like Ace Ventura muggy kind of like <laughs> yeah like big overbite faces. The whole time I was watching, <clears throat> I was like, I can't imagine what how insufferable it would have been to be on that set. Well, you can because I think the movie conveys <laughs> right. that really yeah, well. I think true. that's like the, one of the biggest takeaways of that movie is you're like, God, everything, everyone just looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. There's something it, so <laughs> heartbreaking about somebody doing. Bad comedy and being like sincere about the process of doing comedy. Yes, like yeah. the idea of like being like, and then I let him throw flow through me, and that's how I made something hilarious. Yeah. And you're like, and that's oh, why that fart God. joke worked so well. It was really Andy farting in that pie. I was gone. Yeah. I was yeah. I was astral traveling with the dolphins. If you keep in context that this entire movie, like this entire documentary, like uh, just catalogs the method acting of someone who actually made a really bad movie, it's a lot funnier. Is it like, a bad? You, I remember kind of liking the movie. Is it bad? Oh, it's bad. If you, I that, saw it in the theaters. Movie, I remember liking it, but I don't. I mean, yeah. so that was what eighteen years ago. No, it's 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 like uh, it's mediocre at best. His performance is 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 over the top. It's like. Uh, it's over dramatic. Like the movie's not good. And that's my favorite part of this documentary is just like, Hey, you know, I'm glad you put in all that work and annoyed all those people to make that. <laughs> shit movie. I mean, how, yeah. bad, how bad did you feel for like Paul Giamatti and Danny? Like Danny DeVito <laughs> is basically Jim from the office the yeah. whole time. He keeps looking at the <laughs> camera. Like, is Same this with Paul Giamatti. like every time they cut to Paul Giamatti, he's like, things are getting pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because it's like Paul Giamatti and Danny DeVito are like, are like 10 times as good of actors as Jim Carrey. And they're, ha- and they're just like, you know, they're hanging out. They're having a good time. Like those are both Oscar nominated winning whatever actors. And they have to, they have to deal with Jim Carrey, like going on his yeah. method trip. The, the best part about the, the whole <laughs> method thing. It's the sincerity of Jim Carrey always kind of bo- like bothers. Like, because the thing I always hear is that quote from his, whatever, like graduation speech. Yeah. He gave about his father being a dentist. It's like, if you're going to fail, fail at something that you He's love. An and I'm like, you know, yeah. that's, you know, you but you also well, succeeded. The, the best so method really part. Tell people to do that. The best method thought, part was. I mean, was, I, was, I thought that was a really I, good speech, but yeah. The best yeah, method part I, was I Jerry Lawler because. And right. like Jim Carrey's being such an asshole to him and like totally egging him on, and then like it cuts to Jerry Lawler. It's like. Uh, me and Andy were like friends. I don't know what the hell yeah. Jim Carrey's doing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's well, ridiculous. Jim Carrey's like throwing eggs at him and stuff, movie. and he's like, I don't know what this guy's deal is. I, I was waiting for them to like, uh, you know, like reveal that. Oh, actually, Jim and J- and Jerry Lawler like plan this out. This is all right. fake. But no, he was just being a dick to someone who did not have that relationship with with Andy Kaufman. <laughs> he was just being annoying to him. Um, That's the other thing that I really enjoyed was how much uh, Jim projects what he thinks Andy 
uh, is like. And uh, here's yeah. here's the part where Jim Carrey is just describing Andy Kaufman's entire childhood, which apparently he witnessed. He didn't belong to the club, any club. And he was the one, while everybody else was playing sports, he was talking to the trees. But it was about pulling those people over. He's talking to the trees, man. Fucking. But it was about, I've got something in my hands and it's really magical. Oh, God, yeah. But you can't see it. Fucking insufferable. Because I have special powers. I've got something in my hands and you can't see it and it's really special. That sounds like what you say to a kid that you're about to molest. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fucking showing your dick to someone. (laughs) It's it's so annoying because, like, this is my thing. I I don't, uh, I, I like... Andy Kaufman, I like what, you know, what, what he was about, you know, kind of like the original anti-comedian. That's tight. Do, do uh, you? like? How, but how insufferable would Andy Kaufman be if he was still around? What's well, up, guys? Fucking murder him. <laughs> Andy Kaufman. He was this around AK right money. Now. I'm about to go play Carnegie Hall. Smash <laughs> that fucking like button. Drop a like in the comments. <laughs> Just rolling by on a hoverboard. He's, he's periscoping. Let's get those fucking hearts going, guys. I'm Carnegie Hall. Oh, about dude, to do I'm the ba- Mighty Mouse bit. I'm about to prank these this audience so hard, you guys. What's he up? I'm about to read the Great Gatsby. Oh, dude, he would be alt right for sure. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, dude, sure. he would be a red pill MRA. I, oh my god! I always think that. about all these comedians. Like, I feel like the, there's nothing that dumbasses like more than a dead comedian that they can mythologize. And like, right. yeah, I, like, can you? Is there any world in which Bill Hicks would not be a men's rights activist if he yeah, was still alive? Yeah, because he's like he's like the yeah. pedantic atheist idol. Oh, he's the he? ultimate pedantic atheist. Morrissey is a fucking alt writer. Like it's like know, what, what do you so want? Sad. Morrissey is? Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. Oh, yeah. Morrissey is super anti-immigrant like yeah. racist. Oh god. Girlfriend like, in a coma. I, I saw <laughs> I, I saw a Rolling Stone headline. I saw a Rolling Stone headline that was like listen to Morrissey's new single couldn't get out of bed all day and then <laughs> Like it, I thought it was, a, I thought it was like an Onion headline. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought it was like a parody oh, Morrissey song. Yeah, <laughs> his new song is like couldn't get Wait, out of bed it all day. Was so bad, or because it made them so emotional? No, it's just so Morrissey. Like only Morrissey write a song called yeah. "Couldn't Get Out of Bed All Day." Yeah, what was that quote that oh. was someone was making fun of Morrissey? It's like he writes good music, but it's about the lyrics are like. <laughs> I don't remember. He's making fun of him for writing, you know, I, like his song titles would be like six hours on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Power. Fucking Morrissey. But like that's the. There's something about like that disconnect from like like Andy Kaufman was always making like he was making fun of the stuff while he was doing it, and like Jim Carrey is so clearly like I idealizing things. It's like. Yeah. The whole idea of Kaufman is to tear down, tear down, tear down, tear down, tear down, tear down. I don't know. New York's maybe more southern. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> yeah, I, what's me. really annoying is for sure. By the way, Andy Kaufman would at some point have a YouTube video that where he just screams, "It's it's just a prank, bro," and then gets punched in the face. Like how many? <laughs> there's probably. There's probably. I forgot about those. There's probably a YouTube prankster out there who really idolizes Andy Kaufman. He's like, man, I'm just doing what Andy Kaufman would have done if he was still around. Ugh. It really inspired me. But that's Here I come to kill the Jews. <laughs> 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 
Bush did 9-11. <laughs> no, I, I give Andy Kaufman credit for being, like, the, the first. But other yeah. than that... Very he also perhaps in this down this dark path that we exist in now where reality and uh, irony are connected to each other so deeply. Right, right. Well, yeah. The problem was it's like you... It's his fault. It was much easier to do ironic humor before you had like Twitter to realize that your like ironic, silly opinion is actually held by like thousands of people. Like everyone's yeah. straw man is real now. So it makes it uh, right. Like irony doesn't play anymore because cause there's it's a not drill irony. tweet for that. Yeah, exactly. There's already a drill tweet. You can't satirize Donald Trump because like whatever thing that you say, trying to make fun of him, you're like, I'm going to say this thing. That's kind of like what Donald Trump would say, except more ridiculous. And then the next day he yeah, says he- something that tops that. But he also was like he was considered so talented and amazing because he made people uncomfortable in ways that they like he broke norms so yeah. deeply. And it's like, oh, when people see that that works and that you can be idolized for it, it's like let's all break norms until there <laughs> yeah. are no norms, and then we all are insane all the time. Yeah, now you've weaponized annoying the shit out of people. Like it was cool when the exactly. first guy did it, where it was like it was like light awkwardness, and then. People were like, you know what? I think it'd be great if we just made people awkward all the time. Don't like, we all love it? It feels so great, right? <laughs> yeah. We all feel great. I'm an anarchist. Oh, everyone's a troll. I feel fantastic. Yeah. That was Jim Carrey's no other thing where he's here. like, oh, you had such an anarchic vision and blah, blah, yeah. Here's another. Anybody better to do it than me? Yes. I know what it's like to do shows in my room to the wall and rehearse for the company. Here's a, my favorite part is that he he seems to recognize that he was annoying the shit out of everybody, but he somehow mythologizes it. And here he is talking about oh fuck. All right, oh I know what I was gonna play the uh, clip where uh, Jim Carrey is mythologizing himself, annoying the shit out of everybody, where he can he like is conscious of the fact that he's annoying the shit out of uh, everybody, but he um, he like he does it in the third person so it makes it okay somehow to him mm-hmm. he rationalizes uh-huh. it that's the word I was looking for and it's scary at first and then after a while you just go oh my god this is incredibly liberating Tony huh? Tony I want to introduce the head of the studio, Ron Meyer. That was nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for the gift yesterday. Very nice to meet you. Do not mention any comments. I do not like any comments. The great Academy Award winning director of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest had to come to Tony and prostrate himself. Uh, to the great Tony Clifton. Uh, he had to come with his head down and, and say, Tony, I know that you know much better than I do what is right for the scene. But if you could just do one, one take where we try it this way, I would be so indebted to you for the rest of time. Then you start yeah. to say whatever you want. Okay. So I, it's, a, you know, you it's funny because... Like Jim Carrey doesn't have to do all the uh, like the method bullshit because he obviously can like meet someone and do an impression of them within right. like twenty minutes of meeting him. 
I'm so annoyed that he's like, he's like, uh, oh, you know, he had to come in and prostrate himself to Tony. No, he did it to you because you're the fucking ten million dollar man, you fucking asshole. No one is is, right. is 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 taking you seriously. They're just going, fuck. You're the famous guy. Ah. Oh, but also him being like, it's so strange that like as soon as I was Tony, I had all this power. It's like. <laughs> yeah, if you pretend like you don't care about anybody at all, <laughs> yeah, then you're going to feel powerful. Like, uh, like you, I could walk down the street and be like, everyone can eat my dick and like have a good day. Well, and, and also, know, like, and, and doing it to people, I don't want to make people deal with that. Doing it to people who who have no ability to like tell them to piss off. You know, like yeah. they just they literally have to. Like everyone's been warned that like he's in character and you just have to go with it. So it's like, yeah. Great. You're fucking you're you're knocking the ball out of the park at a T ball game and pushing around a bunch of like six year olds. Here's another one. Okay. Very good, very good. Damn. I'm so exhausted, you know. I'm so exhausted. I understand. The poor director is trying to uh commiserate with Tony Clifton. <laughs> like like I'm so exhausted because of you. Yeah, right. You're ruining my health. Yeah. Tony Clifton. I have never been intimidated by another man. And I am intimidated by Tony Clifton. And, uh, sure. and I said, well, we could fire them and I could do an impression. I'm a really good impressionist. Yeah, do that. <laughs> That's what acting is, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I wish me a really good impression. Mila Sporman should have just been like, cut this shit, Jim. Cut <laughs> the fucking shit. And just to see what would happen. What, is he going to quit? Probably, but whatever. <laughs> Fuck him. And I, I really wonder good. how, like, all the PAs dealt, dealt with him. Like, if mm. the PAs always had, like, it's like, Tony, do you want your lunch or something? Like, oh. how the, like, oh. the directors and everybody having to deal with him, it's like, they're part of, but for the people working on the fucking movie, yeah, they're like, low level. I'm making scale, motherfucker. Like the uh, there was yeah. one part where he he comes into the makeup room and he turns his boombox up super loud with Tony Clifton music, and uh, all, like the other people it, have like Judd Hirsch is jamming his hands against his ears. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. And uh, yeah, and then there's another scene where Andy Kaufman or sorry Jim Carrey. Oh man, he really fooled me. You guys clearly. Uh, acting jim carrey as tony clifton is like being kind of lecherous with all these ladies and the whole time i was watching i was like oh man is there gonna be a sexual harassment thing about jim carrey and then he's gonna be like no i was in character as tony clifton i didn't do it tony clifton did it classic it was improv it was just satire I use that excuse when I grab dudes' dicks at shows. I'm like, oh, I'm just preparing for my role. How disappointed yeah. are the dudes when you tell them it's satire? Nobody likes having their dick grabbed. It's kind of true. In public? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Be real, Vince. If I was at a bar with you and I just grabbed your dick, you'd be like, what the fuck? You wouldn't have like it. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Whatever. Sounds like you guys should sort this out on another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So fucking Tony Clifton, dude. Honestly, even if he didn't like uh, touch anyone inappropriately, to me, just the power dynamic of, of Jim Carrey 
like having enough power to be a total dickhead the entire time like to me it, it might as well be sexual harassment <laughs> it really is it's very it, similar yeah. to a sexual you harassment no you have no power to stop him from just being a total shithead and the worst part is it's I, like for art like i know Vince i think hates that's art, the... but i hate art too sometimes <laughs> there's i think there's also that we or you're right where it's like the thing that we're finding out in the last few months and weeks is that like we have to really like think about what we want for great art and if like it's not people being like tortured or sexually harassed like i'm fine with not having the best piece of art if people aren't you know like i don't need another roman polanski film i'm fine without one you know I mean, uh, yeah, to me, he didn't. To I mean, me, he, was, he made some decent movies, but I don't think he was like the greatest director in the world. No, but I mean, like when you're like, well, I don't want Woody Allen to go down because I love Woody Allen. Like whatever yeah. it is, you can give up the art so that people aren't oh, I just, sexually harassed. Or dep- depends on the, the art, Gene. I I hate the idea oh. that for some reason, uh, like oh well, you know, you you need you need crazy people like this that's what artists are to make crazy art. pe- it's like that's fucking bullshit it's it, yeah. like oh in order to make an omelet you gotta rape some eggs and <laughs> it's it's not fucking true <laughs> plenty of there are plenty of people that's so funny Matt. There's plenty of people who who are very capable of making really funny or really interesting shit without like crossing those boundaries and I think it's like just an excuse that people use oh for sure yeah, yeah, but it's also. It, it, I also don't think liking a piece of art is in any way an endorsement of someone's personal life. Like I don't, like, I don't right, give right. a oh, shit. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Like if Kevin Spacey no, does bad, sh- if Kevin Spacey does bad shit, he should like go to jail or whatever. Like I don't, like, like don't put it on me. Like oh, don't watch the show that you like that an actor is good in who fucking. Molest children or whatever. Good thing House of Cards but fucking Vince, sucks and yeah. I don't have to make that decision. Yeah, but don't put that on me. That's Vince, not my responsibility. But can I say, though, like, it has been, I had a, when uh, the Louis stories, like, finally, like, officially broke, because I heard it back and forth about that for a while as yeah. a comedian, as a female oh. comedian. So I heard yes, and then I heard no. And then oh. when it finally broke and it came out, I felt something inside me break where I went, I do not care about the work anymore. I do not care about the art anymore. I care about the people more. And even though like right. Louis's jokes are so important and like have been really formative in how I think about stand up, I was like, it can all burn right. if it was on the backs of these people being uh, destroyed, you right. know, like, no, but are they for right. me? It's right. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that, but my, my question is that like, are the jokes it, connected? Yeah. Like, are they connected to shit? He does. Like, I never, I never, I, I never thought of him <clears throat> as anything more than a guy who was making me good at making of, me laugh. I think the idea of not even being able to like burn the work is like the, it's like, we will have more work. Like if sure. the work is not that important. I think because for me, I think that that's the investment that people have for so long where they're so unwilling to give up the things they love in order to protect people. It's it's like, well, I won't have that movie anymore. And if you can't be like, that movie is just a movie. Like, 
I can find more movies. You know, right, no, but I think what, I, what Vince is saying is that just because Kevin Spacey is, like, a bad person doesn't make K-Pax any less amazing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Like, no. he's an alien, clearly, from outer space, but, like, you know, who, and that's who is Kevin crazy, Spacey is. crazy, though? That's who Kevin Spacey is in real life. Well, that's the thing. He's we the never president know. of space. Like I think the work can <laughs> can burn if it makes if it makes a diff if it makes a difference. But I just no. Like, I think the I work should all burn. Okay. Well, yeah. Sure. Oh, you're the new Brett. I like I like that. We needed a new <laughs> Brett. Um, but but I think the work should all burn because the work is like this idea. I think. But do you the, think the work is tainted or is the, it separate? No, it's not that the work is tainted. It's that the the emotional investment that we have in the work is what keeps these people employed, alive. What it keeps them sustaining on uh, shitty. It's like with this our is value why I download movies illegally. <laughs> yes, Matt's doing the good work. He doesn't pay perverts. Exactly, I download illegal perverts. But I, I yeah. just. I feel like we're always we're always good at compartmentalizing people like in terms of what they do for us without making that an endorsement of their entire persona. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like what? Like I don't want to think. I don't want to think that when I laugh that at a joke, it's like an endorsement of that person's whole shit. No, it doesn't have to be that. It just means that you get to like you. I personally have just devalued it as being connected to who I am as a person. So if, if I liked it at one point, I don't have to be like, oh, that Louis special that was so important to me, it doesn't mean that because he's a pervert that I'm complicit. It means that no. like yeah. it was just a piece of art that someone made that will be lost to the annals of history, and so it can be burned and gone forever, and it won't change my life that it's gone. Anals. But does it I don't I don't understand but I don't I don't get why it has to be burned or why it needs to be gone, why that makes it Because I think that's the the, the relationship that you enter into with art is that like if you if you take it on as a part of like what relates to your your human experience like that was what was hard for me with admitting that like people who are shitty made things like with Al Franken. Like I was like, I like Al Franken. He seems like a good Senator. And then I'm like, yeah, but there are other good senators and I don't need to connect to just, (laughs) no, there aren't. First of all, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. There can be better senators. is What I'm saying. Yeah. And there can be good work and good art. And I think that like holding on to it and being like, you know, uh, like I, I'm not gonna not watch Annie Hall again. Right. But it, like, that's what I mean. But you're not gonna it, not watch it. So like, why this? I don't know. It feels like we're pretending that someone making something good I somehow makes the, them the, good. The oh, good idea, person. The whole idea of separating the art and the artist is like it's still. I, I I just don't think it's enough because it's still it's lying to yourself about the emotional attachment you have to the work. Yeah, I get. I, I feel like I'm sense. I'm just emotionally attached to one it, part it means of the work. That I'm not attached more to the baggage. Than people. That's that's to me is the art is more important than the people, and like the art can burn if people are safe. Sure, but I don't think if me. It makes people safe. Yeah, I guess I just don't feel like me liking something that some like sexual harasser does 
is hurting the person that they're sexual harassing. You're an art critic, and if you like something that a sexual harasser does, it, it keeps them enabled to keep making work. No, their work well, keeps them enabled to keep making work. And if you like their work, their work keeps going because you're an art critic. So I should just like treat it. I don't know. I, yeah, like I see. I know I, what you're did saying. I give you some food for thought, Vince. No, I mean I've I've considered I've considered this position. I just don't. I feel like that's a that's a higher. Like you're placing a burden on the like people experiencing art to know everything about the artists that that the artist does. Oh no, I don't. I think it's it's only if you know. Like it's right. not before you know. So it's just like that. Like so, uh, it's okay if you don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, like, I, like I it's okay. It's okay for me to play. like Star Wars because Disney made it, and Disney is not a person. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like. Well, Walt yeah. Disney was, and he hated the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I don't, I don't like ham. I'm talking but, about individuals, though, instead of like companies. Oh, oh you said him. I, I, thought you well, said, I thought you said I don't like ham. <laughs> I don't like ham because I'm a I, Jew. I thought you I, just said I don't apro- like ham. Apropos of nothing, you're like I don't like ham. <laughs> I don't though. Yeah, but I don't like him either. Yeah, I don't like hymns. Yeah, too preachy. There is no God. Um, we did have a we had an emailer. We were talking about uh, Dirty John a couple weeks ago and how how intensely SoCal it is. Mm-hmm. And someone uh, sent us an article about the uh, the In and Out heiress, uh, and they 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 thought it was. You know, be part of the same category. Uh, an intense, intense. We'll call it intense SoCal news. All right. Yeah. yeah. Mad so, intense. I, lo- I would love it. Yeah. So, uh, in and out, Eris. Speaking of burning. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay Snyder. L- By the way, Lindsay is spelled L Y N S I. Nice. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. She uh she's selling her eighteen thousand six hundred square foot San Gabriel mansion. Um, and then the picture at the top, <laughs> the picture at the top, the photo caption is Lindsay Snyder appears at the Cal State Fullerton Center for Family Business Hall of Fame induction ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely belongs in the Family Business Hall of Fame yeah, for, yeah, for uh, existing. Wait, isn't yeah. In-N-Out religious? They are, yeah. You know Wait, what? Why does she have a giant estate then? What is what? what? She has a giant estate even though they're a religious company? What's wrong with the giant estate? God wants you to have a, a private jet yeah, and, a, and no, a private estate. No, like yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, camel, needle. <laughs> Need I say more? Uh, well, there's, uh, other, there's uh, this other thing called charms, which apparently is a Bible verse that says it's good to make money. The prosperity gospel. Ugh. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but I you like clearly the, never heard of Joel Olstein. <laughs> I like the Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> Has a center for family business, Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. Like, oh, it's perfect. This guy was born to a rich person. It's, yeah, it's basically you're majoring in fail son. <laughs> the uh, I'm majoring in the estate tax. Yeah, the Tony Kushner, or sorry, the Jared Kushner Center for Fail Sons. <laughs> fail, fail son studies. Um, so she's selling her house. Um, it's eighteen thousand square feet. Uh. After turning 35 in May 2017, Snyder became In-N-Out's majority owner, with her net worth est- estimated at 1.3 billion. 
Forbes reported. So she's got lots of money and no one. I mean, I guess we know why in this in this situation. But usually that's the that's the SoCal thing is that everybody having too much money and you can't figure out why. Like a lot of money and bad taste. Mm-hmm. That seems like well, first of all, Lots in of and columns. out is actually really, really good taste. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That, that's a tasty burger. And then the last paragraph is Snyder, who's been married four times, has four children, and is an avid drag racer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> has done okay, all- now I love her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was basically it. Yeah. Lots of. Um, I, I feel like a staple of, of SoCal every time I go there is like seeing a, a couple fighting loudly in public. Oh, but see, but that's so New York, though. Really? Like yeah, Jane, I know. Yeah. Jane, Jane, don't you think, like, like the my defining um, image of New York is that you would see at least one person having, like, a, a relationship-ending argument mm-hmm. per day just because there's not a oh, lot yeah. of private space, sure. you know? Like, everybody's outside. Mine is, I, oh, yeah. I feel like Mine I see that in San Diego all the time. Yours is nine eleven, Matt. That's that's my defining image of New York. The, the last time stuff. I was in San Diego, I was walking around downtown, and it was like two in the afternoon, and there was a couple outside a bar, and the guy had like his forearms on the woman he was with, like shoulders. Oh, he's got her in a tie, his, a tie plum. Yeah, yeah, and his hands clasped behind her head. And as I walked by, I just hear him go, "Do you even want to be here?" <laughs> and like the way he asked it was very much in like a like the way like a coach would ask you if you yeah, want to be here not yeah. like an optional like <laughs> yeah. like uh, take, take soliciting your opinion here uh yeah it was like challenging yeah early. there's a lot of i've seen a lot of walking around of just like every time you do that and every time you say and the girl being like i don't do that every time like it's just that <laughs> My uh, my dominant one of my dominant images of New York was my friend was my friend told me the story but she was in a bodega which is a which is a corner store in New York that's what they call them there it's very ethnic <laughs> huh. um, so mm. she was in a bodega and like she was in a line and this dude uh, was in the line in front of her and he was like talking super loud on the phone and uh, apparently like he had just found out that he'd had a kid. Mm-hmm. So he's like talking super loud, and everybody can like everybody else is quiet. This one guy's just being loud. He's just found out that he's had a kid, and so she she catches eyes and she mouths congratulations, and then the guy like frowns at her and like look, he gives her the stink eye like, what the fuck are you listening <laughs> into my conversation for? <laughs> and to me, that's Mind like that's like the ultimate New York thing because like other places, um, privacy is on you. Like, don't have a fight in public whereas in new york it feels like it's very much wiley coyote like you don't have privacy but if other people acknowledge it that's when you fall like you can run off the cliff but as soon as you notice that you have no privacy like that's like the onus of privacy is on other people to mind their business i don't know i'm kind of adorable so whenever i like acknowledge somebody having something they usually like give it back to me sure sure. for me sure sure that must be nice yeah i've had a lot of winking moments here in new york where it's like oh boy and then like it's great i love it guys are like hey i'm walking here yeah and i'm like i know right and we roll around i want to crash my plane to your building hey hey, baby Can I have some change for heroin? <laughs> the homeless person. It was the homeless hey, person hey. the whole time. Matt, are you here? Did you move here? Yeah, I was the guy. Okay, Jane, another question I have. Okay. I mean, you've been in Chicago for a while before New York, but I'm sure you can remember San Francisco. San Francisco homeless people versus New York 
homeless people. What do you think? The, the, the how do you how do you weigh in on that? Okay, I have to tread lightly here because uh, being homeless is not a crime. I have nothing against homeless people. Uh oh! Um, here comes the alt right. Here comes the alt right. That's no. It's mostly on the city for the way they deal with it. But uh, San Francisco homeless people much more. Uh, there's a lot more people with mental health issues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the city really does not know how to deal with it. So there's a lot more shit on the streets. A lot more people yelling at you. Uh, you're much more nervous. And the homeless people here are mostly in sleeping bags. So that's kind of, it's really not, San Francisco really has the worst homeless problem in, <laughs> other was, than like maybe Portland. Yeah, I was weirded out by New York homeless people because I was like, oh man, these people actually seem, seem needy and not just insane. Yeah, it's really like different. And then there's also like, I, it's happened to me a couple times where like people walk by and they stop and they like look for cigarette butts in the street. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I realized that they're homeless. I did. They're not just clearly homeless out mm-hmm. of the gate. Right. Cause they're like, you know, they've got like, they don't have a top hat like, with the pop topped off. <laughs> they're not, a no, they're not, <laughs> yeah. There was always the woman down there. They're not, eat, they're not eating had, beans out of a can the, over yeah. a trash can fire. The boot with the toast. Oh, they're not out. using the, the top of a no, trash but, can to eat the uh, fish skeleton. For real, the homeless people in San Francisco are. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I just remember there was Thanks, like a, a homeless woman. <laughs> at the Embarcadero, who ha- always had like a powdered wig on, like she was like a aristocrat from yeah. the 1800s yeah. or something, <laughs> or 18th century, and it was like I was like, like the, the homeless people in San Francisco are very like odd, right. and they're just like people here, which is very different. Yeah, they're characters Maybe in San Francisco. Hurt. In New York, they're just poor people. Yeah, and it's like it's. It's different, so, but, but yeah, there was a lot, I got yelled at by a lot more homeless people in San Francisco than I do here. Oh, I don't know, I developed a hair trigger on, uh, you'll, just, just wait, there's, they're, they're definitely, I'll wait. they're just as intrusive in New York, I'll say that. They're not as crazy, but they're equally intrusive. I don't know, just put your headphones on the bus and just keep going, they seem to get it. Yeah, I was waiting, one of my last weeks in New York, I was waiting for a friend outside a restaurant to show up. And I was sort of standing outside, so I was like an easy mark. And this dude comes up to me, and he's like, Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Or, or no, can I ask you for a favor? Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, can I ask you for a favor? I'm like, no. And then he, like, reacted like I would. I had just kicked him in the stomach. And I was like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Of course I don't want to do, do you a favor. Yeah, no, I don't like where this is going one bit. Yeah. It's a bad intro. I've been doing... I've been doing it. Do you guys know, like, do you guys have a homeless voice? Where, like, what do you mean? If somebody ask, like, if somebody asks you for something, like, you walk by somebody and, like, hey, you got any change? And you're like, sorry, hon. Like, I always oh, do, no, like, a like, soft... a, like, a dog voice. Like, who's a good boy? That kind of thing. But for well, homeless people. Well, not that condescending, but. Right, but you have a different voice. Probably. You have a different hun, voice that you go into. I get hun was pretty bad, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hun is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to do. It's not like a thing I do on purpose, but it's just like I'm like, I. I oh, ble- oh, bless your I, heart, sweetheart. It's your southernness coming yeah. out. Yeah. I think it's disgusting. For a long time, when I first moved to San Francisco, every time someone would ask for something, I would say, I wish. 
And I realized that that was not a good response. <laughs> use it, young... Matt, use that in a sentence, please. Uh, well, I'd be like, hey, uh, can I get a dollar or can I eat those leftovers? So <laughs> I wish. And then, <laughs> like, like, it works for can I get a dollar a little bit, but <laughs> can I get those leftovers? I wish. No. Sounds strange because I do have the power to give him leftovers. Um, but also, uh, San Francisco homeless people are more demanding. They're like, they're like, they have I'm, a very specific ask for you usually. And I'm and I'm talking about hate street homeless people, the ones, the, yeah. the, those guys, like, oh god, they were the fucking. I miss worst. your old they're bit like, about that. They're all the like, hate street homeless people, like crust punks. Down, oh yeah, the central nervous system because he was yeah. uh, paralyzed. Yeah, Matt jokes yeah. about uh, crippled homeless people. Well, yeah, Matt's a fucking asshole. No, I'm a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good guy in real life. Um, uh, what's real life anymore, Matt? With Dude, 100% brain. Dude, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that worked well. That worked well. Mm-hmm. Um, See, it's. It sometimes works. All right, so your emails have really gone down, you guys, but I do have one. Uh, and, oh, yay! And uh, the subject line is the Matt and Joe Anal Show. Oh. The, the, the Matt, the, the what? The Matt and Joe Anal Show. Hold on, i got to play the theme song. You guys know. Your advice is always bad, but tell me more about your dad. Oh, God, I am afraid to die. Vince hates art. Nice. <laughs> uh, hey, Frock Crew. Last night I had a sex dream. And in it, oh, no. I-, I was listening to a podcast hosted by Matt Lieb and Joe Sinclitico in which they discussed their very experiences with anal sex. Which, mm. And in parentheses, which I'm sure are numerous. Uh, the highlight- Not that many. Not that many, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, the highlight of the episode was when special guests Vince and Joey Avery joined the show. I can't remember what you guys Aww. talked about, but the sexual energy reached the point where I woke up after you guys entered. I have no idea why that was my His f- butt. <laughs> I have no idea why that was the fantasy my brain decided to land on, or why my fantasies have devolved from being about actual sex to me listening to a podcast in which other people describe their various sexual anecdotes. Anyways, <laughs> if you guys, I wish I. So, Go ahead. If you guys ever decide to turn this into a legitimate broadcast spinoff, I would definitely subscribe to its Patreon. If you know what it mean. <laughs> I. What else could he possibly mean other than subscribe? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's some sort um, of ham-fisted innuendo. I would love to. Uh, I would love to make fun of him for having such a mundane dream. But my dreams have been getting so mundane. I had a dream that uh, I was waiting to go somewhere. Uh, and my girlfriend, she was like, I can't find my phone. And she kept looking for her phone. And I thought to myself in the dream, didn't say it out loud, thought to myself, oh, you have two phones. Yeah. That was the whole dream. My dreams are pretty bad, too. I, I, I definitely have a lot of food dreams. There, there was a time when Brett was always telling me about his dreams, which usually involved like werewolves or like zombies or somebody like... I used to have those gnashing his flesh or, or chasing him like through. Brett has exactly the dreams you'd expect him to have. Yeah, yeah. that's a shorter version of what yeah. I was trying to say. But yes, and then whereas my dreams, like a lot of times, I'll wake up 
with like my hand in front of my face and drool running down my chin because I was dreaming about eating a hamburger. Like I do a lot of like dreaming oh. about eating food. You're like Jughead. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Who's the guy? Uh, Wimpy from Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, uh, I, de- yeah. I definitely have a lot of food dreams. I had one today when I took a nap, where like I had a dream where I was scrolling my Twitter feed, which is probably the saddest oh dream I've God. ever had in my Kill life. Kill yourself immediately. Yeah. Smash that fucking fave button. <laughs> mine have all been uh, really like bad because I'm stressed out from moving. Like mine have all been really. Uh, upsetting where i wake up like very stressed out where like all my friends tell me they actually hate me and kick me out of their house like it's been real bad lately oh it's okay well, well better. no one will do that to you probably i don't know i yeah. don't know either to be honest with you i just said that without knowing <laughs> you could be right. a, you could be a bad roomie that's true uh, i don't oh, know no no, nah, you're fine. Yeah, right? mine have just been stressful, not like bad. You don't, you don't have a dream about Rad Tad, the dog face bartender? Oh, I found out my I found out my friend had sex with him. What a oh. bummer, guys. Why didn't he have sex with you? Because he couldn't. I know that's shin guard. my question. <laughs> he was looking for his shin guards. Hey Jane, I really want to have sex that's with nice. you, but I can't find my shin guards. Yeah, I know. That's true. Oh, that's they're the back in my why. house. Oh no. My hoverboard doesn't have any charge. <laughs> my friend was like, I, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't. I'm like, well, it's not gonna, it's not your fault you had sex with him. It's his fault for not wanting to have sex with me. Jane, I really want to have sex with you, but I can't find my throwback jersey for my softball game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would like a guy who played in a fucking vintage softball league. Yeah. Is that <laughs> right at my... I don't know. I think kind of for me. Yeah, um, if he had that like cool vintage haircut and beard. Yeah. Yeah. You think those guys go method? Sure. Well, she sure. lives in Brooklyn, so everyone has a vintage haircut and beard. Like, Ooh. like, do they? When you're playing old timey baseball, are is it is it whites only? Yeah. Stop calling me Jared. My name's Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> do they like talk about the Negro leagues? Uh huh. Like yeah. I want. Yeah, probably, but that's fucked up, you know? Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, um, just smash, <laughs> smash that like button if you guys are smash into it. Smash that like button, uh, subscribe. Sound off in the comments. Know. Yeah, so, Send off in the comments, fam. We really like to hear from you. Uh, we got a blooper reel coming up next week, so enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, listen to let's that. Let's try to get That'll this to 2,000 really likes so I can keep turning out this content for you guys. <laughs> Uh, donate to my Patreon and also uh, my GoFundMe is almost at 36000 and If um, we get there, then everyone gets a free t-shirt. What's up, fam? But my I- dad has cancer, and if you could just like donate to that GoFundMe, we could totally get him out of this tumor. God. Uh, the highest uh, tier gets a piece of the tumor. It's going to be on a slide. You can view it through a microscope. Yeah, everyone gets a little... <laughs> Oh God! Someone on Twitter oh, was God. like, "See, if we just had like a a giant GoFundMe that everyone in the country contributed to." Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah. You mean taxes? <laughs> yeah. But it was, was that that person was joking though, right? No, they right? were like, "This is how you sell universal healthcare." <clears throat> it's like, what if the country just had a oh, giant right. GoFundMe for like everybody yeah. could take a little bit of it when they get sick? And you're like, "Oh, dude." 
That sounds like a rad idea. <laughs> We're totally calendarizing like the new revolution right here, dude. We're totally white space adjacency mapping. <laughs> uh, we can solve everything with an app. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I posted there. I saw an ad on the train in in New York for uh, handwritten notes. Yeah, like it, it's like a machine. And I was like, I posted a photo. I really think it's like lowest level of humanity. But and no, this but, guy, you know, who's like a developer was like, why is this bad? And I was like, Argh. no, but that's just her, right? Like that's, that's exactly the, that's the job that he has in the movie, her. Yeah. Except it's a machine instead of a person. Oh, mm. sure. Sure. Well, <sighs> they didn't say the future was going to be great. Brendan, yes. you want to take us the fuck on out of here? Let's do it. Uh, Jane, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Anything you want to plug? Um, it's yeah, I'm back on the Twitters. You can follow me, me Jane. You shut up. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm in New York. I'm gonna be at Beauty Bar sat, uh, Sunday at nine thirty in uh, East Village. So come out to that. And then uh, yeah, I'm in New York. Come see me at shows in New York. Go yeah. to New York and see Jane. Just go down. Just go down Broadway and Do hang, a, hang a left. Yeah. Get in a fight with your significant Do other. Yeah, just, right uh, up to the Shake Shack. Just be like, I'm walking here, yeah. and and yeah, grab your car. Don't go, t- don't go too fast though, because you might nine eleven a building. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, else you want to plug don't besides nine eleven? When you're trying to see Jane, okay? Yeah. Anything what else you want to plug? Anything else you want to plug besides nine eleven, Matt? Oh, uh, yo! Big up to nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, first of all, big up to nine eleven. Uh, I'm a big fan. Um, smash that see. fucking like this, button. Smash that like button. Please subscribe. Um, this Friday, I'm going to be at uh, a comedy show. Thank you for wasting our time. No, no, hold on. I'm looking for the name oh, of it. Okay. Shut the fuck up, dude. God damn it. You know, it's like it's you just put me on the spot. Um, okay, so it's uh, called Mint on Card. Mint on Card uh, on Friday. Uh, so go to that. Blast from the Past uh, in Burbank. That's where the – it's at 730. No one's going go to that. Thank you, thank you. Oh, no, Burbank. What? Hello? It's in Burbank. Yes, it's in Burbank. Go ahead. Uh, also, I'll be at Sketchfest uh, the weekend of the 12th through 14th. So oh, you're so fancy. Oh, I'm cool. I go to Sketchfest. Oh, my name is Jane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I applied, and they let me in. Oh, my God. Good job, dude. Good job. Brendan, take yes. us on out of here. Uh, all right. Well, as always, thanks for listening. You can send us an email, fraudcast at gmail.com. Vince, what's the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. As always, thanks for listening. And until next week, good night and good chins.